What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's not that I don't want to watch these series. It's just that there are so many series to watch right now uh, across Netflix, HBO Now, Hulu. It's I. It's not I that you have. There's not, there's not enough hours in the day, Brandon. It's not that you don't want to watch the shows. It's just that you haven't. It, it's it's <laughs> like a it, it's exactly and it, I I feel like. When I'm on my deathbed, one day I'll look back and be like, if only there was more time, I could have gotten through those last three seasons of Bob's Burgers. You're going to be on the steps by outside a library, like just stacking up DVDs. <laughs> You're like, there's time now. <laughs> there's time But now. But there'll be no DVD players and everything <laughs> will be digital streaming. It's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> everybody this is travis hey everybody this is brandon <laughs> welcome 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 to apathetic enthusiasm yet another episode we keep doing them we, we do can't stop won't stop can't, i mean we could stop but we won't stop can't stop till you get enough man <laughs> how, are, how are you doing this week you survive it's five turkey day in, in one piece yeah turkey i did survive it in one piece we went we went camping out by the beach and uh you know over by over by the beaches of hawaii like we're right yep. at the no, beach we get we get it you still live in hawaii <laughs> i don't we get it uh it was windy as heck it rained a little bit uh our tent sheared one of the the tent poles sheared because just the sheer force of the wind oh my gosh um so i i, I ended up tying the tent to a tree <laughs> um and then uh then the kid he was the only one in my family, who's ever gotten stung by a jellyfish, so that happened as well. Smooth, smooth, very good. Yeah, good job. Yep. And then I did not pee. I did not pee on his leg. Everyone, that's yeah, that's a, that's an urban legend. That's um, it's a myth. Exactly right. Because everyone of, knows you cut the leg off at the joint. <laughs> uh, you have to dismember the body. Otherwise, he'll turn into a jellyfish. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, what it was interesting. I found out you're not supposed to pee. Because, well, first of all, you're not supposed to pour uh, fresh water on the the sting because it actually makes the toxin 
activate more. Mm. Uh, and so if you if somebody pees on a sting and they're well hydrated, then that's going to serve the same purpose as uh, fresh water. So so when you go to the beach, make sure not to hydrate. I think that's the lesson here. <laughs> yeah, asparagus. <laughs> Lots of asparagus. <laughs> Lots of asparagus. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, let's let's get to the uh, the subject at hand here. Uh, as we stated, I'm Travis. That's Brandon. Yep. This is apathetic enthusiasm. Every week we take a news topic or something going on in the media and uh, take a closer look at it through a more pop culture media focus. Uh, every week we have a new topic, and this week the topic is on programming ethics. Mm. Uh, if you have a topic that you want to have us talk about on the show you can hit us up on our social networks over at facebook.com slash apathetic enthusiasm show over on twitter at apathusiast or somehow on instagram at apathetic underscore enthusiasm uh i don't know i don't know how you send us like a a picture of an article in a message or something i don't yeah let's not not get into let's not get into the logistics of it uh all of those social links and every episode we've ever done is all over at apathetic enthusiasm.com uh you came across this article on uh, Business Insider. Yes. Were you were you seeking this out for the purposes of the show, or did you come? <laughs> how did you how did you come across this? No, actually, so I have a collection of friends on Facebook who they just post a just crap ton of articles, just tons of fake news articles all day. <laughs> yeah, a flashback. Yeah, oh. see, see our last episode if you missed that one. <laughs> um, and uh, so one of my friends, Chris Hersey, he posted this article. Uh, from Business Insider, and so I, I saw a programmer in the title. I was like, "Eh, let me let me check this out." And uh, it was hey, it was fairly. I long. know a programmer. <laughs> I know I know a couple of programmers. Sorry. I said to myself, so excitedly, yeah. like I'm doing right now. And I said, <laughs> "You know what, Travis? Let me send this over to you." And then you you said, "And you're hey, that's something <laughs> we can do an episode about." And so we're doing it. That's, that's it. That's the whole that's thing. Peeling back the curtain on our creative process. um yeah so so the 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 article's interesting so the whole concept behind it is it's about programmers having this discussion about the unethical and illegal things they've been asked to do and the that's uh, that's quite literally the the headline of the article that's the title of it (laughs) right so essentially in a synopsis right it's programmers are having a huge discussion that's a synopsis uh and it's by Julie Bort of uh, Business Insider. Um, wh- uh, yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it right on the head. There. <laughs> what did you What did you think uh, of the article, Travis? Uh, well, I also happen to know a programmer or two, uh, huh. being that that's my official job title. Interesting. Uh, weird, weird. Um, and it was a very interesting read for me. Uh, the basis of the article. Uh, is mostly on uh, a post that a, a gentleman named Bill Sauer did over on uh, Free Code Camp on Medium. Uh, but he was talking about the code he is still ashamed of, and, and he goes on to tell a story about uh, uh, one of his early jobs that he did. And, and, I, and we can expand on this in a moment, but uh, really just wrestling with ethical practices and how important it is for computer programmers who... Uh, have a hand in so much of our daily lives now to govern themselves by a code of ethics. So uh, let's get into Bill's story a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. Bill is a guy who started out coding at a young age. I think he said he was like 
five or six when he uh, started coding. Uh, something I've considered steering my children towards at this very good. very moment in their lives is good. to teach them early principles of coding. Do we need to do um, we need to pause the podcast so you can do that? Is that what you're? Yeah, actually, if you could just wait, I'm gonna go hop <laughs> yeah. on an airplane, fly back to where my kids are, and start teaching them hey! basic basic for loops. Uh, <laughs> so no, any anyway, it's but I I do want my kids to understand uh, coding languages. Because everything that we interact with now, uh, for the most part, has some sort of software behind it. Uh, obviously, the smartphones we carry around in our pockets, uh, you know, computers, those sorts of things. But when you make a business transaction, there is software involved in the cash register. If you um, do any kind of, like, I mean, really just, just about any kind of transaction that you have has some sort of software behind it. And the programmers that are writing that software uh, have a responsibility to make sure that it doesn't fail. Um, uh, but Bill's story, let's get to Bill's story. So he he talks about uh, when he got his first like real coding job in his early 20s, he had a client that he had to build a website for, and this, this client was a pharmaceutical company. Uh, they basically asked him to cr- create an... Uh, it's like a quiz on the website that people could take the quiz and find out what medication would be right for them. But every answer to the quiz, unless you were allergic to its ingredients, would direct you towards this company's product. So kind of unethical, kind of, uh, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like- uh, there's, there's, there's even a quote in there where it's like, Oh, your your quiz doesn't work. Every time I take it, it just directs me towards this one company. And he told that supervisor, "No, that was in the requirements." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool. I got it." <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, that that's. Is it unethical for him, as part of his job, to do what his boss is telling him to do, or like which is more unethical, him coding it or? their bosses targeting targeting explicitly uh these teenage girls right or young girls right and i i think you you hit at the crux of this whole question right because there's going to be unethical practices in business that's not something i'm you know just excusing away but unfortunately that happens and if we could come up with a solution in the cor- over the course of this podcast to end all unethical practices in business um we should probably take that and uh, <laughs> and somehow find a way to monetize it or something. I don't know. Uh, and not give it for, for away for free on iTunes. Uh, please subscribe. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, I think this was a Canadian website and there's like a law in Canada that says you can't advertise for a specific brand of medicine for a treatment or something like that. Mm. And so unethical practice number one was basically creating the site that was intended to be informational and having it uh, in a tricky sort of way advertise for a specific product. The other issue that he had is he later found out that this particular medication uh, had some side effects that included uh, depression and thoughts of suicide mm. and that someone and it's it's targeted towards young women uh, like teenagers and girls in their early 20s um, and 
he found out like right towards the end of working on this project that uh, a young lady had actually committed suicide as uh, and a side effect of taking this drug. So he wrestled with that, ended up not doing anything different and still, you know, made the site and collected his paycheck. Yeah. But when he found out that his sister was taking the medicine, he was like, you should not take this and told her to stop. Right. So mm -hmm. basically this is why he, you know, the, the title, the code I'm still ashamed, I'm still ashamed of, uh, you know, even though he's just writing code to create a website, he was the vehicle that was uh, making their unethical decision in a reality. Um, I, I, do you hold him responsible, like solely for that, or like, do you think he could have been like, "Hey, I don't want to do this," when there's millions of people that can write code now, like? <laughs> What is what is what is your take on that? Uh, I I think this eventually will lead into a topic later in this this show, uh, which yeah, is absolutely. which is essentially having that that code of ethics, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, for for programmers as a whole, like there has to be this kind of governing document or or guidance or or like like overseeing authority that some that they can go in and be like hey uh there this is this is happening this is illegal or this is unethical right whatever uh, but there has to be that kind of that place for them to go to I, and and maybe there is but I'm not I don't know what it is right like uh he he sees this code he knows that it's unethical potentially illegal right who does he go to does he go to his boss who clearly wants him to do this does he go to his boss's boss or does he go to a unbiased third party kind of government organization or 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 whatever to say, hey, this is happening over here. I need you guys to step in. Right. And unfortunately, that third party governing body doesn't really exist right now. Um the the article, the the business insider article goes on to talk about uh Bill Martin or who who he's referred to as Uncle Bill Martin. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's a guy that has been in the coding community for decades, uh, knows it backwards and forwards. And he gave a talk, it's linked in the article, uh, that talks about the future of coding and sort of this ethical dilemma and how coders have an obligation to deal with that, right? Um, so... He he says a few things in the talk. I watch it. It's on YouTube. We can include a link in the show notes. Um, he talks about how like governments and leaders feel like they uh, have all the power, that they make the rules, right? But really, they they write those rules down and then had it hand it to like a software engineer and then they execute it, right? So mm -hmm. there's there's that middleman that is the coder who can can just follow orders and and and. You know, we, we've heard it throughout history. Oh, I was just following orders. The the people working in the in Nazi Germany, oh, they were just following orders. Yeah, that doesn't really excuse you when you know what you're doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's that's an issue. We we uh, do you remember when Volkswagen 
uh, got into some trouble with the EPA. I don't know. Was this like a? It was within like the last year. Do you re- do you remember hearing anything about that? I I don't. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. So here's what happened. Right. Volkswagen made claims for fuel efficiency and I think like their emissions uh, on some of their vehicles and said that the emission levels were at a certain amount. And what would happen is. Uh, it's it's not like the EPA just takes Volkswagen's word for it. They do tests, right? And they hook instruments up to the car that sh- that show that it's like being tested for its uh like fuel efficiency mm. and stuff like that. And then it it does readings to tell what the actual uh like carbon emissions are and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Well, Volkswagen vehicles had software in them that would detect when it was being tested <laughs> for that kind of test. And then it would alter the way that the engine would work so that it would give a different reading than it would during normal usage. Nice. <laughs> Which I mean, you know, if, if you can get away with it, that's, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a clever gag there. Right. <laughs> but it's also blatant lying and fraud. So that, that, that's, <laughs> that, that's like when that's like the old school. They're like, uh, just put it in reverse for. <laughs> for, yeah. for like oh, to... like on Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trying to run the odometer back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, obviously this was a big deal and the heads at Volkswagen had to testify. And one of the leaders said, uh, I don't know, just some coder must have written it in I, for, for whatever reason, right? And that's, for starters, that's totally making a scapegoat of your of your software engineering team to be like, oh, we didn't know about it. It was just some computer program. It was, it was our fault. You, you know how those guys are. <laughs> They're so wacky, drinking their Mountain Dews all the time. Anonymous, am I right? <laughs> Uh, and and eventually it, it it came out that yeah they were told to do that and uh, they were aware of what was going on, but you know it brings up this question right yeah. so a lot of computer programmers you know they're a lot of them are college educated, but a lot of them didn't start programming in college. A lot of them maybe started in high school before high school. Uh, there are like boot camps where programmers get together and kind of learn different. Uh, methods and things like that and by the time they're of college age if they're if they're really good coders they may already have the tools they need and so they don't necessarily need to get a four-year education they can just kind of step into a career doing this and they might be missing out on some of those important classes that you don't always seem important at the time but like you know business ethics and you know sort of business practices that you should and shouldn't do um, and, and that could be a problem. Uh, and, and like you said, if there's no central governing body that is telling them what is right and what is wrong, then maybe they think, okay, it's, it's all right that I do this. I'm still getting paid. I'm not getting in trouble at work. So sure. yeah, I'll, I'll keep doing that. Yeah. And that's, and that's not to say that a third party organization would serve to eliminate unethical, unethical behavior. Right. I mean, uh, we have, you know, the um, the doctors' associations or whatever that is, right? Uh, in 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 sociology and psychology, there's there's an ethical guidelines for all that stuff, right? But still, people obviously abuse that. So 
a third a third party organization won't stop unethical behavior, but at least it'll say like, hey, here's here's some ground rules that we all look to each other as a profession to see what's what's considered right or wrong. And if somebody is going outside the norm with this, then you know, hey, maybe maybe you should do something about it, right? And and I think your your association you bring up like a really good point with the doctors, right? Because part of a doctor's training isn't just hey the leg bones connected to the hip bone, right? Like it's not just the <laughs> it's, it's it's not just how things work, but also how to be a good doctor. And they they part of their you know when they actually become a doctor, they have this Hippocratic oath. They will not harm people. They they will they will help someone if they are hurting or sick. So they have an ethical code that they have to stick to in order to actually be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I can go out tomorrow uh, on the street and be like, I'm a doctor. Come to me. And hey, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Fake <let's>, news. <laughs> and, and I could treat patients. Um, would they be getting good care? Would they actually get better? Not likely, but I could do that. It doesn't make me a legitimate doctor, though. And I think one of the things that this Bill Martin, Uncle Bill, is talking about is having the same standard for programmers, where you are not actually a legitimate programmer unless you are behaving in this certain way. You have had some sort of accreditation or something that says, hey, mm. you, are fo- you are going to follow these ethical rules. You are going to assume this immense responsibility and, uh, and behave ethically. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the 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 hippo oath of of programming the hippocratic hippo oath the the hip the hippo code the hippocotic <laughs> oath yeah uh, <laughs> which and and i think this is this is something that's an issue now and it's something that maybe was an issue in the past but as we move further into the future and more and more of the world around us is tied uh very integrally with with software um i mean what's something we we talked about self-driving cars before on the show way way back yeah um but now i mean most cars have some form of autonomous driving or something in them whether it's just detecting if you're staying in your lane or it's advanced cruise control or it's no joke get in the car don't touch anything and the car starts driving self-driving is something that I I wouldn't be surprised if by the time our kids are starting to look at like driver's licenses, yeah, if it's almost even going to be optional, because <laughs> you can be like, eh, I don't need a license, I'll just let the car do the driving. You, you just you just need to be certified in autopiloting, right? <laughs> yeah, like, you just auto it, auto driving systems, and you're like, okay, yeah, uh, the you can go for the advanced license, which is you operate everything on your own, but the 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 base license is just you getting permission to operate an unmanned car or i mean you know automatic car but i mean you look at you look at google's version of a self-driving car it doesn't have a steering wheel in it like it's not it's not like a like a tesla or you know some of these other ones that are like yeah it's self-driving but there's still a steering wheel and all the facilities for you to be able to actually take over and drive it like there are cars being produced or tested that the intent is you do none of the driving you get in it take it's like me taking an uber yesterday except 
there's a computer driving it instead of a guy who doesn't want to work a full time job. You know, like it's just yeah, yeah, or or like, talk to you. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, very friendly Uber drivers, by the way, down here in the uh, the uh, Gulf Coast. So yeah, you know, I, I shout out to Uber, not a sponsor. I think that's what I'm most excited about with with self driving cars is that I that I won't have to talk to people inside of a cab, like yeah. that 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 awkward cab conversation where they're like you know that they've had like 70 conversations with people that they didn't want to have a conversation with. And, and it's probably the same all the time, right? Yeah. Like, oh, Hey, where are you going? Oh, where are you coming in from? Oh yeah. Uh, I work, um, flying in from New Jersey. Oh yeah. Uh, my cousin works up in New Jersey. He's an Uber driver. <laughs> anyway. So you like driving, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but you know, it, the, the future is interesting in this whole thing programming is is in just about everything in modern life right um yeah and it's interesting when you when you look back at uh, pop culture and some of these movies that we've we've seen just you know sci-fi used to be sci-fi um and now it's becoming a reality to a certain extent i would say except yeah i mean the matrix the matrix is exactly like the world we live in right now Exactly. Exa- har- exa- har- harvesting humans for the for the uh, computer overlords uh, energy source. That's 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 yeah. the world we live in. We just have what to accept I, it. What I want to happen is I, I need to pause for a minute because there's two people flying outside fighting each other. <laughs> okay, uh, hold on. <laughs> um, but uh, like hackers, hackers came out in like ninety four, ninety five. Young Angelina Jolie, and uh, you know that was like all about like you know hacked a planet and uh there was a a hacker who was the head of like the 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 cyber security division of this company but he was actually a bad guy right and uh you know it's 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 such a weird image of what hacking was and i looked at that movie when i was a kid and i was like oh i want to be a hacker that seems so cool (laughs) <laughs> it's it's gonna be just like this. Um, I, I'm also watching Mr. Robot, and there's there's a scene in one of the episodes where they're actually these two people are watching hackers on TV, and <laughs> and they're like, oh god, I, I have I've been doing this for 20 years, and I have yet to see a, a video imagery or a computer virus singing to me. <laughs> and one and, day, <laughs> it's 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 the goal, it's the aspiration where we can see one day. Um. But, uh, you know, w- w- there's a couple, you know, Matrix obviously is not very realistic, but you, I need you to watch Mr. Robot because it's, I'm on it. it's, it's pretty, it's really cool. Cause they, they try to at least get, keep everything grounded a little bit. And like every episode is like a different, like hacking thing that, that they're doing or like social engineering or, or hacking or using like raspberry Pi to to do something to uh, some system here and there, right? Do Do you feel that that show is, uh, has it has a wide, a reach to people that that uh, if they're not already interested in code and computing, that they can still be interested in the show, or do you kind of already have to have that understand that world a little bit to get into? It? Well, so I'm watching it with Chelsea, right, and she doesn't she doesn't have any of that in in her head right um but you know i work around computers and servers and all this stuff all the time just in day-to-day work um and so like for me it's just an added 
kind of layer to it where I'm like, okay, some of what they're saying is actually some, it's not, it's not just made up, right? Like they're, they're talking about uh, DNS entries and all this type of stuff. I'm like, yeah, you guys got me. <laughs> I, I, I almost wonder if it's just like, if you don't know about that stuff, it just kind of goes over your head and you just accept it. But yeah. if you're, if you're aware of it, it almost gives it an extra layer of depth where you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. I know what they're talking about. Yeah. Well, like, like um, uh, I mentioned, I mentioned the raspberry pie, right? Like delicious, delicious raspberry, pie. <laughs> delicious raspberry pie. Uh, there is a scene where they use a raspberry pie to, to hack into something. And in the subtitles, it said raspberry pie P I E. I was like, okay, all right. The mm. <laughs> uh, mm. obviously the caption people don't know what this is, <laughs> but I was just uh, like, for our listeners that don't know what a raspberry <laughs> pie is, it's a very small computer. That's all you need to know. <laughs> but for like Chelsea, she's like, "Oh yeah, that's that's something made up. I don't care." But for me, I'm like, "Hey, cool." Uh, our friend Ryan Cody, he programs on Raspberry Pis all the time. So, yeah. I've I've thought about making uh, a few different things out of Raspberry Pi myself. So hmm. anyway, all all ethical things, by the way. But absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I do I do uh, uh, I, I do want to bring up real quick. We talk about ethical things, right? There is that ethical hacking too um which you know obviously in the military you know there's they have ethical hacking like defensive hacking and stuff like that uh i mean what do you i mean do you think ethical hacking with ethical in quotes is actually a thing i you know there's a i don't want to go all snowden here (laughs) (laughs) uh because you know i value my career um no i I think that there are, it, it, when you talk about ethical hacking, I think that's sort of a uh, like a defensive type of, of thing where you're trying to maybe protect your networks or protect things that um, are of value to you to prevent uh, people with nefarious intent uh, from getting access to. And, and I, I, you know, I think uh, there's benefits to that. And hackers that can... Um, you know, like Facebook all the time is is putting out requests for people to try and hack their systems or, or uh, Google does stuff like that uh, because they want people to legitimately try and think like a hacker uh, and then be like, hey, I figured out how to do this. Uh, and then they'll pay them handsomely for it, for them not to release it to people with bad intent. Um, so, I mean, I, I mean, there's there's value for people to think like hackers and um, know <clears throat> how to avoid uh, those compromising situations. Yeah. I don't know. Did I answer your question well enough with a non-answer? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good enough answer for me. <laughs> Thanks. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you approve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, is there anything else uh, you want to say about this, the, this article or programming or hacking? Uh, you know, I mean, it it really just, it was an interesting topic to me. I think that uh, I would be fascinated to see if this has any sort of waves throughout the programming community and if there is a push for them to do some sort of, you know, governing body or uh, standard of ethics that coders are expected to follow. But I also recognize the fact that there are people that, work a nine to five job or whatever, or maybe they work a lot more hours than that, but they're, 
getting paid to do coding for different companies and things like that who just code in their basement or whatever and have their own systems and code for uh maybe they they take on clients or whatever but they do all the work themselves and they don't work for a bigger company and i i have a hard time seeing there being some sort of like governing body that can that can reach all programmers per se um it's programming is like knowing a language and then being able to speak it and write it and that language then executes commands so i don't know how you can fully limit this kind of behavior i think you can try to foster a culture that believes in these things and and hopefully that will catch on but i think there's still going to be those uh those hack doctors that you know operate out of the second floor of a chinese restaurant or whatever and you know they maybe they practice some sketchy medicine is all i'm saying so if the metaphor can carry through to the end (laughs) and then every once in a while you'll be in a foreign country and you'll get drugged and then you'll end up in a bathtub with your hard drive taken out yeah it'll happen (laughs) just wait it'll just happen you, you 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 have it. You have a hard drive embedded in your body right now, right? That's the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the future. Okay. Just checking. This is the matrix. Hack, hack, hack the planet. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay, that's our that's our show then. Uh, we yep. would love to hear your thoughts on ethical hacking, ethical programming, and all the things uh, that were discussed. Maybe we missed a movie that you think would be uh, a good point. Maybe there's, I don't know. You just you just think this is never going to work and that software isn't a big deal. Uh, we'd love to have that conversation on all of our social sites. Again, you can get links to all of those over at apatheticenthusiasm.com. You can also find links to our iTunes uh, page where you can subscribe to this podcast. Uh, if you are over on iTunes, we would love it for you to give us a five-star review. It really helps the show with discoverability and helps other people find the show. And, you know, just tell a friend. Tell tell a buddy or pal about the podcast uh, and let them know that you like it. Hey Travis, right? What? There's a podcast out there I want you to listen to. Called I don't I don't listen I don't listen to podcasts anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, you know, and and for those who are commenting on our Facebook or any of our social media, really appreciate it. Uh, Kevin, I know you're listening. Thank you for for commenting. Um, Reese. Yeah, and and we would love to have those <laughs> those articles that you guys want us to talk about. So again, if you guys are doing your weekly web surfing and come across an interesting article, hit us up on our social sites uh and we will talk about it on another episode. Yeah. Tad Dow, what what? <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Pew, pew, pew. All right, and <laughs> until next week, I'm Travis. I'm Brandon. And that's it. And we're out. See you later. Bye. Let's get on the show.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.